Hi, everyone. Welcome to another special episode of the Reaching the Summit podcast, our Thursday 30-minute preview. My name is Todd Buckingham, and joining me today, I have two special co-hosts, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and then we'll get right into the matchup that we're going to preview this week. So, Scott, if you want to start off. Oh, hi, yeah. I'm uh, Scott Holland. I cover Western Illinois for the Reaching the Summit podcast and the website. Uh, I've been covering the Leathernecks as the local sports editor of the paper here in Macomb since the uh, 2012-2013 season. So that's kind of my background and familiarity with the program in Western Illinois. And then we've also got Mark with us today. Hey, thank, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Mark Went. Uh, I write for uh, Reaching the Summit podcast, uh, South Dakota Coyote stuff. Um, those of you that have read articles probably realize that I'm not a writer by trade. Um, just uh, was fortunate enough to wind up close to a million and became a, a huge, uh, huge Yield fan. So that's how I ended up here. And Mark, I bet you never say coyotes. So that's, you've already. I do not. Yeah, no, that so. is definitely a no, no. You don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I only did it once. I, I yes, found out. I remember. Hard way. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, many do. <laughs> well, so if you haven't guessed by, by the introductions, our uh, matchup this week is Western Illinois versus South Dakota. And what we'll do is start out with just kind of a five minute preview or so on each team and where they're at. And then we'll kind of talk about the matchup itself. Uh, based on that, uh, Scott, if you want to start on in Western Illinois and, and how, how we've gotten to this point in the season. Sure. Western Illinois, for those that don't know, it's a completely overhauled roster, completely different coaching staff. Coach Rob Jeter takes over, took over the helm of the team uh, last, last spring. Completely new roster, 14 new faces. Only two guys who were on the roster a year ago are still wearing the Leatherneck uniform. So it's kind of been just a mix and match right now for Westerners. They're trying to put things together. Unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions in the state of Illinois, Western did not get a spring. They did not get a summer. They really didn't get much of a fall as a full team. I think their first practice as a full roster came uh, in late October, early November. And it's definitely shown on the court. Westerners really struggled to really maintain a, a consistent effort, consistent play at times. They really have yet to string together a full 40-minute effort, which which is shown in the record. And then you shift over to the Summit League. You know, if you're not put together and you're not ready to go, getting South Dakota State, North Dakota State right out of the chute is it's going to be a problem. And it was for Western. They lost their first four. I know they were hoping that they'd get a couple, have a chance at maybe playing someone a little more evenly matched against Kansas City. But unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, that, that weekend schedule was wiped off the calendar. So right now, Western's a team that's really desperate for a win, really hungry for a win, haven't played in two weeks. So it doesn't get any easier playing South Dakota when you go North Dakota State, South Dakota State, South Dakota, right out of the chute. As far as the roster goes, it's a completely different roster, as I was saying. It's a team that in the past, when you think of Western, you think of big play, high-scoring guard. You think of a Kobe Webster. You think of a, a, a Garrett Covington, guys like that who could fill it up from the outside. That's not this team. This team is more interior base to Mel Pearson inside will Carries is that traditional stretch for that it seems everyone in the summit league but western has had the last few years and then you get look at a guy like Rod Johnson as well who's kind of a a big who can kind of play all over the place and so this the size and interior strength is where western is offensively right now defensively it's it's been a struggle they're still kind of working together still working to earn each other's trust as far as 
what they're doing defensively. There's times where it's looked really good. There's times where it, it, they just it, just the basic fundamentals of defense have, have really kind of they eluded the team. So right now they're still in the putting it together process. These last two weeks, though, it might, might be the longest stretch they've gone to just focus on themselves in practice that they've had since October. So uh, I'm looking to see a different team uh, coming out on Friday night, a team that maybe looks a little bit more put together after having two weeks in the gym uh, practice-wise. Great. So, Mark, going over to South Dakota, what have we seen so far from the Coyotes? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, South Dakota's story is similar, probably not as drastic as Western Illinois' turnover as far as, uh, you know, who's who's playing. Um, and Coach Lee said early on, you know, they were really fighting COVID and quarantine. Uh, and he was telling anyone who would listen that the team we saw early on was not going to be the team we saw come, you know, Summit League or even – uh, come March. So, and that turned out to be really true. They really struggled out of the gate. Um, granted, they were playing some um, power five schools and Drake, who's really good, but um, really, really struggled, especially offensively. Um, started 0 5, and really the only bright spot there was a, a close loss to Nebraska early December. Um, they started the year 12 of 61 from three point land. Um, so, especially from deep, it was, it was a struggle. Um, they made it to that Dakota showcase, which, um, counted as non-conference, but it was, uh, you know, familiar faces, um, and had a couple of close losses to North Dakota, North Dakota state. Um, and so we start year old five and, and South Dakota state comes calling and you're thinking, you know, this is, this could be ugly. We could be on six and, and really looking for answers. But, um, uh, fortunately for them, uh, Stanley and Mude happened, and uh, they picked up that win, which I, I'm sure surprised a lot of folks. Um, and I think that was huge for them, uh, confidence-wise. And and you could see as the year progressed that they were finally getting um, used to playing with each other and and, and that kind of stuff. Um, Drake came to Vermillion, and, and they dropped that game, and, and we played a non-D1 and, and won that easily. And then we opened Summit League. Um, and as, as the story goes, the, the coaching staff went up to uh, A.G. Quitzwhite and said, um, we want you to be more aggressive on offense. And uh, that turned out to be probably the best coaching advice ever given. Um, <laughs> right. he's, he's certainly responded, and uh, they, they've looked really good. Um, obviously, we, Denver probably won't um, – has not looked real great so far, but just two really convincing wins um, to open. Um, and then they traveled down to Kansas City. And for me, I don't know where Kansas City is going to shake out, but they're obviously really good on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And for following the team as long as I have, those those are the kinds of games, especially for the men, that that we don't. We would come back with close losses instead of close wins, um, even going back before Coach Lee was here. It just traditionally, those those are the – conversations we're having at the water cooler you know the next morning like hey we're just a player two away we're just a player two away um and so i'm really wondering if that was um a sign of things to come um we had the bye week and and uh, now we're looking at uh western well and and marcos our start with a question for you it wasn't the hardest schedule but like you said kansas city I think we'll play just about everyone they play pretty tough. Um, 
And so they're off to a four and start after a pretty rough start to the season. But you, you mentioned the win against South Dakota state in, in the Dakota showcase. Do you think we're start there? That team is closer to the team we've seen recently or closer to the one we saw at the beginning of the season. I, I really believe um, that they're still getting better. I, I really mm-hmm. believe that uh, obviously AJ and, and Stan Amude are, are, you know, really, really talented basketball players. And, and you're starting to see um, the third guy emerge, whether that's Xavier Fuller or Mason or Shambolt or Tassos Comenteros, uh, kind of a different guy each week or, you know, each game. But um, I still think they're, I still think they're on the upswing. I think the needle's pointing up for him. I really do. Yeah, that it does. It does seem that way. Um, at the beginning of the year, when we were doing power rankings, they were, settling more in the seven range, things like that. Um, and, and there, I think every single person of the 13 or 14 of us that do power rankings, put them in fourth in the, uh, in the last rankings. And, uh, we talked about that on the last podcast that they're really probably in their own category with, uh, oral Roberts, uh, as that third, fourth, um, group, that team of the third and fourth teams, and Scott, you had mentioned Western Illinois, completely new roster, other than Anthony Jones, really. Uh, have they found their identity yet, or is that something that's just going to take all year? They, they almost sort of had their training camp with these two weeks um, in the middle of the season because they didn't really get it before. Do you think they've sort of found an identity as Coach Jeter started to put a stamp on the team yet at all, or is that something that's going to take all year? I think it's going to be one of those years where, you know, you try and find the positives and highlight them just because it is such a building year. I think one of the identities that this team is starting to develop, though, is that it is a team that is going to at least fight for 40 minutes. I know the knock on Western, just talking to other people who, from the outside, because you get around it all the time, you don't really notice it, but talking to people outside, the knock on the program was, you know, you can bury these guys in 10 minutes and they're done. And, you know, this team has gotten down big at times, and they've always battled back, and they've always made teams work to beat them for 40 minutes. And that's I mean, if there's something you're going to build on, I mean, getting good effort for 40 minutes and making teams have to compete for 40 minutes to beat you is, is a good start. And I think that's kind of becoming their trademark now is that they're a team that they're going to try and be physical and they are going to try and make you scratch and claw and play 40 minutes to beat them. Yeah, I, I was one of those people that I'd be watching Western Illinois last year and the year before and, and, and previous years. And of course, they'd have games where you know, whoever it be, Kobe Webster or whoever, usually it was Kobe, um, would just be so good offensively that they, they could surprise people. But then they'd get those games. If they were down 10, game over it, it mm-hmm. is the way it felt. And and even in losing four games to to start conference play, they're, they're still fighting. They're still scrapping. And one thing I will say to Western Illinois fans, I, I follow the horizon as well. And Coach Jeter, his Milwaukee teams were good. And I really do think, I mean, we already saw that the talent being brought in, brought in is, is pretty decent. Um, but it, they just had such a disadvantage this to start this season compared to other teams. And really, Mark, you mentioned that with South Dakota as well. There was a lot of turnover there. I, I think it was four seniors that left from last Correct. year's team. And, and so we've just seen from the, those couple of teams – Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is these are two completely new rosters in, in different right. ways put together. And so, so it, that's, I think, 
that's what makes, I think, especially Friday night so interesting is these are two new rosters. These are two teams that haven't played in two weeks. You know, those first five minutes might be ugly, but they might be some really competitive basketball where you've got two teams really kind of feeling each other out. Like, who are these other guys across from me? And and, and some sometimes for Western, who are these guys in the same uniform as me? Right, right. Well, and, and I want to ask, Scott, on Western Illinois, two players that I think might give Western a little bit of an advantage is, is down low. So Tamel Pearson and Will Carius, different players, but but give some of the same things. And Mark had mentioned Tassos Comenteros, who play, has been playing a lot better and, and since he's been given more minutes. But I think it is still a, a place where uh, South Dakota could have a disadvantage is down low a little bit. How do you think Western might use those two players to try to gain an advantage? Carius uh, is that, that that stretch four who can put the ball on the floor. I go back to the Tennessee Martin game. He came out, and I think he went four or five from the field right out of the shoot. I think he was three or four on three. And Western just kind of kind of played that. That was their best game of the year when he got going early, and that kind of opened everything else up. Tamel Pearson is that typical 12-10 back to the basket. You know, he doesn't want to stray too far away from from the free throw line to get out and play. So I think with Western, I mean, just kind of doing a little research on the game, what really surprised me about South Dakota is how good they are defensively as far as shooting percentages go. So for Western, I think they're going to have to figure out ways to get easy baskets, easy points. And for them this year, it's really been attacking the offensive glass. Those second chance looks, they do a really good job of that. So I would, wouldn't be surprised you see Rod Johnson, Tamel Pearson, Will Carries really go after the offensive glass and maybe try and, outside South Dakota on the on the block and maybe try and get those second chance points or something a little close to the basket, those higher percentage looks, because the Coyotes have done a really good job limiting teams from a field goal percentage make standpoint this season. Well, so, Mark, I want to kind of ask you on the other side of that same coin. Uh, South Dakota, would they, uh, they've done an okay job against bigs recently. How do you think they handle the bigs of, of Western? If they were to go big, do you think you see any more Brady Hyman who's kind of fallen out of the rotation? Or is it Zizic or, or someone like that helping along on Materos? Or, or do you think they, I mean, Stanley Amude is 6'5", and so certainly has the size to to play against a Rod Johnson or someone like that. What do you think South Dakota does to try to co- combat that size yeah. difference? The as far as the bigs for South Dakota go, uh, Brady Hyman, he's he's going to be out for the game. He's got a hurt foot, so. Um, oh, okay. Okay. He, Coach Lee mentioned that on his radio show yesterday. Uh, we don't really know how long he's going to be out, but but he will not be available. Um, so you're right. You know, after, if behind Amude and Comenteros, it, you really drop off on experience. Um, Nikola Zizic, uh, the kid freshman from Montenegro, I really love him. Uh, I always enjoy guys that you don't have to question whether or not they're trying or not. And you never have that question when, uh, when he's on the floor, if they sold a 32 Jersey, I would buy it today. Um, <laughs> but he is a freshman and he is, you know, from Montenegro. And I think he's still adjusting to not only being a freshman, but also kind of, uh, the American game, so to speak. And so, uh, I think it's important that a mood, especially and commentaries, uh, stay out of foul trouble because the experience really drops off after, after those two guys. Right. So, so I want to ask it kind of the other way. So we talked about the bigs of Western are, are kind of the key. The, the guards of, of South Dakota are the key. Um, so, so Scott, how do you think Western tries to handle Amude and, and Plitzawhite? 
hope they don't shoot well. <laughs> that's, that's kind of num- the number one hope, right? But uh, yeah, they're just West. I mean, we talk about Western's bigs, and they can just keep throwing guys at you on the perimeter. They're real Western's really thin, so you're gonna probably see guys guarding out of position. You'll probably see. Uh, Anthony Jones, who we talked about earlier, he's probably going to take his shot at Amude. Rod Johnson, if they want to put a big on him, he'll probably go out there. Ramin Hitton, who's been getting a few minute, few more minutes the last few weeks, you might see him out there. Camberell got hurt in the North Dakota State game, so he may or may not be available. He's an athletic guy off the bench that gives them some energy. Um, Justin Brookins, he usually draws the, the top guard, but he's 5'9". He's undersized. Right. So... I the, I would hope he won't go anywhere near a move day. Otherwise, that's going to be a really tough matchup for Western. But they're probably just going to throw a bunch of guys at him and ride the hot hand defensively and see who can who can stick with them the longest, give them four good minutes, then bring someone else in and try and get four good minutes against both of those guys because those guys get going. It's a long night for you. Right. So, Mark, I'll ask it the other way around again. How how does uh, South Dakota, is it just get the ball to Amude and, and Plitzawhite and let them do their thing, or do you think there will be a little bit more to it than that? Well, I think if you're South Dakota, I think that's where you start. Um, obviously, um, both those guys are outstanding, and, and if, if they're making shots, uh, that makes it real tough. I'm kind of interested to see if, you know, who steps up, you know, if those guys aren't hitting shots or if they're you know being taken away defensively, um, Mason Archambault and, and Xavier Fuller both shown flashes, um, especially um, Coach Lee will tell you they're in the game because of their defense, but um, yeah. they made some big shots here in the last few games. And um, I'm, I'm curious if, if, you know, obviously you start with Amude and, and AJ, but uh, if, if one of those other guards, Fuller or Archambault can, uh, hit some shots, then I think Western is really going to be uh, looking for answers. Right. And, and Scott, I wanted to just mention something because you brought up the, the consistent effort this year that I, I wanted to just give praise to one particular player and I cannot remember which game I was watching, but Tamel Pearson barely had anything left in the tank. He was getting, uh, getting picked up off the ground time and time again. And it was during the non-conference and I just, had to laud his effort because there wasn't much behind him to put in and he just kept going And it. And he's a, a, a junior transfer. I think it was UAB his only other stop or did he, was he somewhere else as um, well? I think he's I'm trying to, you know, there's so many transfers on the roster, right, right. but I mean, that's why he's here. He's here to be that leader for this team. Cause right. you know, you look at the roster, there's a lot of transfers but there's also a lot of young guys as, as well who haven't really been through the plate at this level a whole lot. So Tamal Pierce is a guy that he's here to be a leader. He's here to really kind of be that guy who shows these younger guys how to do it. He played for the um, Rob Jeter's assistant coach, uh, Coach Irvin at Morgan Park in Chicago. So he's a guy that the coaching staff knows a lot about, and he's a guy that they trust to kind of be that guy to put those younger guys on his back and kind of lead by example. He's a guy that – you know, he'll come out and he'll, like you said, he comes out and he gets beat up on the block and he'll come out after the game and he's out shooting free throws. He's out running lines. He's out doing whatever he can after a game, after just getting beat up. Because that's what this team needs is someone like him who knows how to play and how to kind of be that leader by example, as well as a vocal leader for the program. Right. So I want to want you each to think about this and I'll start with you, Mark. What's your, the matchup you're most excited to watch? 
this weekend. Well, I'm always excited to see what 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 Stanley Mude does. I, I guess I'll take the obvious mm-hmm. answer there. Um, you know, he's capable of doing um, crazy things. Um, you know, obviously we saw the 41 point game against South Coast State, and and when he's into it, uh, just watching him rebound is amazing. Like it feels like he's grabbing them right off the top of the backboard. So um, I'm he's always much watched TV, and 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 that's what I uh, would probably pick. Nice. How about you, Scott? Well, obviously, any I, I agree with Mark. Any chance you get to see an elite player in the league, you you find yourself watching that player and not the game sometimes. And Amude has been an elite player from the day he's walked in the door. But I really want to see what Western's going to do uh, offensively to try and figure out a way to at least get something going against South Dakota, a good defensive team, whether it's pound the ball inside or sometimes this season Western's best offense has been starting with a missed jump shot and and attacking the glass. So I kind of want to see what Western does to generate offense against a really good defensive team because they struggled doing that against at times against North Dakota State, who was kind of the benchmark program in the league when it comes to being a really good defensive team. Yeah. Is it Camberell that's the offensive board guy? It feels like he's the guy that, yeah, he's, he's that guy who he's that energy guy off the bench. who really kind of flies around and yeah, he kind of makes his presence known on the glass. And, and I'll answer that same question in kind of an odd way. Um, Scott, you had mentioned freshman Ramin Hinton and I want, I don't know that this will even happen, but I'd be very curious to watch him defend Stanley Amude. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's in certain games, Hinton has had those games where he's getting hands on balls. He's getting in passing lanes, doing some really neat things defensively. Um, but he's also a freshman. So it, I'm sure it's incredibly inconsistent as my, my basketball eye isn't as trained as others. So I don't see some of the, the little things that other people see, but I just like to see that talented freshman get a chance uh, to get challenged a little bit and say, Hey, you're going to go against a guy you want to be at some point. Um, see what you can do to stop him, um, especially on the defensive end. I think he's one of those guys that's going to get that. I mean, because he he does have size. He's got some bulk to him too. So he's not you know he's not a he's not a skinny six five. So he's a guy that he is probably going to get his chances over the weekend against Amude. I, I would imagine. I mean, you look at Western. They're a team that they do struggle with fouls. So they do need that depth. That they do need guys who can give spells to their starters and play quality minutes, especially at the defensive end. Okay. Um, well, we'll wrap up with the, the always ending question of what do we think is going to happen this weekend? And, and, uh, Mark, I'll let you go first. What do you think happens? Do you think there's a sweep by South Dakota? Do you think it's a split? Do you, um, I, you probably don't dare say a sweep by Western Illinois, but what do you think happens this week? Yeah. I would be booed off Twitter if I picked uh, (laughs) Um, exactly. I think I'm going to, I'm going to say a South Dakota sweep, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think I think they're going to be competitive games. I really do. I think um, I think Western is it's is the longer they can play together, the better. And we've seen that with South Dakota. So uh, South Dakota twice, but close. Okay. What What about you, Scott? I think we're going to see a really interesting game Friday. I think if South Dakota can win that game Friday night, just because both teams are coming off a long rest, both teams might be a little rusty. If South Dakota gets the game Friday, I think they get the sweep. But I think if Western wins, I think we're going to see a split. So I'm going to go. With, uh, I'm going to go with the weekend split, with Western getting Friday night, South Dakota getting Saturday. 
I, I think it's going to be a South Dakota sweep. Um, but I keep saying there's going to be more splits. We saw that with North Dakota and North Dakota State last weekend. Um, one that you maybe wouldn't have thought was going to happen other than it being a rivalry matchup. I think South Dakota gets it, but I also think this is the time where it starts to show if South Dakota sweeps here, they're they're a real competitor for the top of the league. You know, whether they can beat, I mean, they have beaten South Dakota State once, but whether they can win the league or not, I, I think it's a good proving weekend for them just because Western is a well-coached team. And I think neither team's conference record exactly shows where they're at. I, I think Western drew about the worst straw you can draw for a first four games. Um, but if Western were to get one, I agree with you, Scott, that it would be the first one. Um, having that chance to plan, plan something up and get ready for a, an opponent uh, as long as they have. Anything else you guys want to add in that could, that a player that could surprise or somebody that we didn't mention that you want to make sure we get mentioned on, on the podcast here today? Uh, I'll just throw another big guy out. I know I, I I know you mentioned him on Twitter, and that's Adam Onhold. He missed pretty much all – well, he did miss all of the non-conference season. He's another big guy who can really kind of be that bully in the paint, that bully in the glass. And he's another big that – don't be surprised if he gets some more extended playing time as he's gotten more minutes, it seems like, every time now since he came back uh, for the North Dakota State Series. Right. Mark, anybody else to mention that we haven't gotten a chance to mention on the podcast? Yeah, I, I guess I would just say uh, I listened to uh, Coach Lee's coaches show uh, this afternoon, and he and I don't know if it's a smoke screen or or what, but he uh, he said they want Tasso's commentary if he's open for three to shoot the ball. So I'm curious to see. Uh, I know he had hit some threes against South Dakota State, um, but really nothing that I remember after that. So I'm curious to see if he's going to take Coach Lee up on his offer there. That's a very interesting comment because I remember him hitting those multiple threes and thinking, I kind of hope he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> so, but, but I will also say Coach Lee knows infinitely more about basketball than I will ever. He's forgotten more than I uh, will ever know if that old saying holds pretty true. So maybe, I mean, of course he's there every day, but it feels like Tassos is better uh, closer to the basket, but you never know. Uh, I, that, that's an interesting point. I like it. Well, with that, we'll wrap up, and I appreciate you gentlemen for joining us for this matchup preview, and you guys have a good night. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. See you.